This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church.
First of all, before we start, let me explain the masks to everybody who's watching on film or anything and why I sound a little muffled today. Dallas has come up with a new order that all public places, everybody must have a mask on that's within six feet of each other. So for the beginning of the service, I will have a mask on. Later on when we do the readings, um, people will be far enough back that we will take the mask off so you can hear a little better. So I just want to let everybody know that. Uh, that's why we have the masks on. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God. May God fill you with truth and joy. Let us pray. To fulfill the ancient promise of salvation, O God, you made a covenant with our ancestors and pledged them descendants, pledged them descendants more numerous than the stars. Grant that all people may share in the blessings of your covenant, accomplished through the death and resurrection of your Son and sealed by the gift of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins. Merciful God, we have sinned in what we have thought and said, in the wrong we have done, in the good we have not done. We have sinned in ignorance. We have sinned in weakness. We have sinned through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry. We repent and turn to you. Forgive us for your Savior Christ's sake and renew our lives to the glory of your name. Amen. Through the cross of Christ, God, have mercy on you, pardon you, and set you free. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. God strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Amen. Be seated, please. A reading from the book of Genesis. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit long with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as... Do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that the offspring shall be named for you. As for her son, the slave woman, sorry, as for her son, the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting in it on her way, on sorry, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her, her away. And she departed and wandered about the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in their skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite of him a good way off. But the distance of the bow shot, for she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept, and God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with, her, with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him with the land of Egypt. This, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For, uh, <clears throat> Romans 6, 1b uh, through 11. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means have how can we who died 
to sin go on living in it. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the fathers, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death uh, he died, he died for sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, m so you also must consider yourselves uh, dead. Uh, you must also consider yourselves dead. Dead to sin and alive in God in, in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, did that cut off? Okay, so it says, the last line is, So you must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then you say, um, The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord be with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have if they have called the master of the house Be Beelzebel, 
Beelzebel, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, and even the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Excuse me. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the word, the light. Be seated, please. Good afternoon to you. Happy Father's Day. It's good to be a man, isn't it? Why, you women may be asking. <laughs> well, phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. A five-day holiday requires only one suitcase. When clicking through the channels, you don't have to stall at every shot of somebody crying. Guys in hockey masks don't attack you unless you're playing hockey. Michael Bolton doesn't live in your universe. Car mechanics tell you the truth. You can admire Clint Eastwood without starving yourself to look like him. Gray hair and wrinkles only add character to men. If another guy shows up at the party in the same outfit, you just might become lifelong buddies. The occasional well-rendered belch is practically expected. That's why. How many, uh, how many know what day of the year are the most phone calls made on? Take a wild guess. Christmas? Mother's Day. Oh. Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, everyone wants to call home and talk to mom. Yeah, I thought something different. Yeah. Well, guess what happens on Father's Day? The most collect calls. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's the truth. But that's okay. Dads like to be needed. It's all good. What comes around goes around. Just wait. So these little dads are in their retirement home calling you collect all the time, kids. Father's Day just doesn't seem to have a very high priority compared to other holidays, does it? You know, I went to the post office the other day to deliver a package and I got up to the counter. I asked the lady there, so are you ready for Father's Day? She gave me a sideways glance and said, uh, sure, I guess so. I had to laugh when I left the post office because it was obvious she didn't consider Father's Day to be a, a very big deal. And most people don't. In contrast, Mother's Day is a huge deal. Forget Mother's Day and you'll be in the doghouse till Father's Day. In that case, it's more like Independence Day. Mothers are highly esteemed on Mother's Day. As a young boy growing up in, in church, I remember every Mother's Day was, was a salute to mothers. But on Father's Day, all the preacher ever did was tell the dads what they should be doing right instead of what they were doing wrong. 
It was more like a boot camp than a day to honor dads. So today, today, for all the dads out there, this one's for you. Fathers hold a very special place in society. A much higher place than, than they are given credit for today. For instance, how many of you have seen a commercial that actually makes dads look intelligent lately? Most commercials cast fathers as the family idiot who can't figure out how to take care of the kids alone or how to run a load of laundry or clean the toilets without specific instructions from mom. American society seems to see fathers as expendable parts of the family unit, as nothing more than sperm donors and deadbeats. In courtrooms, divorced dads hardly have a fighting chance of obtaining custody of their kids or even being allowed to be a significant part of their kids' lives, much less have the opportunity to be the spiritual leader of their household. Sadly, many men today also neglect to see the importance of their roles, uh, their role as a father themselves, which is why the term deadbeat dad was originally coined. As a result, their kids are growing up in unbalanced and dysfunctional households. In fact, 39.6 of the children in America are going to bed every night without their biological father in their home. Nearly 40%. Fathers need to be reinstated to the level of importance that God intended for them. In fact, I've seen a very strong evidence which points to the fact that the reason American morality and spiritual integrity is at such an all-time low is because of the declining value placed on the role of the father in today's society. When dad is undervalued, so is a right relationship with Abba, our father in heaven. Today my goal is not to remind our dads of their duties and responsibilities so much as to encourage and remind us all of their importance, the respect and the dignity of the role of a father. Fathers play an extremely important and vital role in our families and in our nation today. In Colossians chapter 3, the Bible introduces a hierarchical model of authority in the family. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So in terms of authority, the father is deemed the head of the household, and from 1 Timothy, he is urged to manage his children and his household in a respectable manner. So the father is charged with the responsibility of looking after the best interests of his family, financially, spiritually, and socially. When a man becomes a father, he isn't given some sort of rule book on how to conduct himself. No one tells a man how to manage his household. It is something he picks up from a few very important sources. First, from the way his own father treated him, how he grew up as a child and interacted with his dad. Second, from what he learns from his relationship with God and by the Word of God. I can remember the sense of strength and protection my father would exude when I was a child. He was always looking after his family, and while he never had the same kind of tenderness that mom had, it was just different. He showed his love equally as powerfully, equally as powerfully to me. People so often have the perception that dads don't love their kids as much as mothers because they aren't as emotional or endearing. But fathers have the capacity to love just as much as any other spiritual being. It's just expressed in different ways. Instead of a tender hug, it was always a big strong bear hug. But it always felt good to be loved by dad. Dads are just designed by God to express their love in different ways. 
They express their love when they guard their family and provide good things to their wife and kids. When I was 10, 10 years old, my, my dad and I went to a piano competition. We made it to the state championship. He took time off to get me to that, that, to that competition. And that sacrifice was an expression of his fatherly love. I won state that year. I remember all the time that he was there pressing me to practice when I had much rather been doing something else. As a child, practicing piano seemed like a boring, daunting task, but it taught me discipline and devoted, and excuse me, developed character in me. So good men learn how to be good dads from healthy father-son relationships. Since almost 40% of kids grow up without dads at home, we know there has to be another source of example for the developing dad. And that's the example we have in Jesus Christ. The best dads take their example from Jesus, Jesus Christ and pass the legacy of the Lord onto their family. The legacy of Christ's love is the greatest gift a father can give. And to be like Jesus in the way we manage our households is the greatest expression of love a dad can give to his family. When Peter asked the Lord how they were going to pay their taxes, Jesus told him to take a coin from the fish's mouth. This teaches his people that our Father God is a God of provision. When he fed the multitude with a few loaves of bread and a few fish, he provided the example of a father who provides all the needs of his family, and he commands dads today to do the same. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now think about that. In the same way, dads have the awesome responsibility of providing for their family. Our egos are wrapped up in our employment. We're ashamed if we are unemployed. The, brute of the, the brunt of the responsibility to provide for the welfare of a family unit rests on the shoulders of the husband. Dads are always striving to maintain a balance of providing for their family and spending quality time with the family. Scripture teaches us that there has to be a balance in our lives because men are hardwired with the desire to provide for their family and make a good home for their children. There's a constant struggle to maintain a balance between the giving of our time and the giving of our things. A man constantly has to look to God for direction and example on how to manage his household. God's example is that he always provides for his children, but he never replaces the value of spending quality time with his children by giving them things to keep them busy. Does that make sense? So while the provision is there in abundance, our Father God always places the greater emphasis on the time we spend together with Him. In other words, don't buy me all the toys and all the gifts you want to give me and go off to Las Vegas and have a good time. I'd rather have your time here and not have any toys at all. Make sense? In the same way, a father's duty to provide for his family shouldn't overshadow the importance of spending quality time with them either. Don't go to work just to make more money so you can buy me new clothes. I'd rather have you here. A father also expresses his love through discipline. When Jesus rebuked Peter saying, Satan, get thee behind me, he portrayed the power of love through the act of discipline, not wanting Peter to be lost in the old way of thinking. Discipline is difficult, and it's oftentimes received by our children as a bad thing, but it is a primary fruit of fatherly love. Dad has to discipline if he loves his children. From Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. 
dad has to discipline because he wants the best for his children. The discipline of a father sets the whole course of his family's lives on fire. Children raised in the discipline of a strong and loving father have greater discipline as adults, and disciplined adults make greater contributors to society. The young man was making poor grades in school, particularly in math. His parents tried various things, none of which seemed to produce the desired improvement. Finally, they decided to enroll him in a private school. At the end of the first grading period, the young man came home and proudly presented his report card to his parents. They were shocked to find that all of his grades had improved significantly. Most notably, he had received his first ever A in math. His parents were overjoyed and began to question him to determine what it was that finally produced the improvement they had sought. Was it the non-traditional teaching methods in the private school? No. Was it the smaller class sizes and more individual attention? No. Well, what was it then that caused such a big turnaround, they asked. Well, the sons replied, when I walked into school that first day and the first thing that I saw was that man nailed to that plus sign, I knew I'd better take math seriously here. <laughs> Thank you. Discipline is the act of a father urging his kids to live the right way for the development and growth of his family. In the movie, Remember the Titans, yes, it's an old one. Remember the Titans. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's a good one. The coach pushed those students to the brink of their abilities. Some accused him of trying to ruin them and break their spirits. But by pushing them, he made them stronger. It prepared them for a difficult season of football. And in the end, they went undefeated and won the championship because of their discipline. If he hadn't pushed them, they never would have pushed themselves. In the same way, a family is made by a father's discipline. And so like a coach that pushes his players, the father disciplines and urges his children to make them stronger. Dad expresses his love through protection. And dad places himself in the way of trouble to protect his family. Jesus applied the example of the greatest love possible when he laid down his life to save us, his people. In the same way, a father is charged with the duty of laying down his life, his desires, his personal interests for the sake of his family. I know my own father didn't, uh, didn't, uh, didn't do sales all of his life because he wanted to. But he did it because it provided for his family. He never had the luxury to choose the career uh, field that he wanted to work in until recently when he retired. And he used his hard-earned money to help me through various colleges and endeavors so that I could. He put my interests before his own, and today I can only hope that he partakes in whatever reward might come through my life because of the investments and sacrifices he made to help me get to where I am today. Dads are the first line of defense for their family and are often the first area where Satan attacks because the enemy knows if you can take the leader out, his subjects are soon to follow. But the primary gift, expression of love from a dad is the legacy of salvation. But the great legacy of a dad leaves behind but the great legacy a dad leaves behind is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. It's true, when a parent dies, their children expect to receive an inheritance. Sometimes that inheritance involves riches and sometimes it doesn't. But there's no greater inheritance than the legacy of a father uh, leaving, uh, leaves, the, a legacy that a father leaves concerning eternal salvation. From Ephesians chapter 6. Father, 
Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. A dad who loves his family will do the best to lead them in the way of the Lord. From Thessalonians, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. As a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom of glory. From Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Dads are extremely important people in our lives. They're charged with the duties of protecting, providing, and interceding for their family's sake. They have the power to shape their families and and their societies by the way they live every day. They are the first line of defense for their families and are commissioned by God to deliver the good news of the gospel message to their families, not just with words, but in the way that they live every day. Not just by the way they worship and pray on Sundays, but by the way they worship and praise every day of their lives. So I say thank you to my dad and to all the dads out there for all that they have done for us. Although we may not show it as much as we do, although we may not show it as much as we do mom, we really do appreciate it. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Amen. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. You know, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the service, and that might be what? The announcements. The announcements, indeed. Very good, Gavin. Let's see if we can get this graphic to come up here. There's the pretty graphic. Yes, announcements. You know, you can make a difference. Uh, we at Dallas Universal Life Church, we, we depend solely on your donations to make this happen. Everything, the lights, the cameras, the, the clothes, the, the hosts, the wine, all of it. None of us take a salary here. It's all, you know, the donations all go to outreach and to helping others and to teaching uh, the way of Jesus Christ. And without those donations, we don't make it. And donations have fallen off, I have to tell you. You know, it's this, this coronavirus thing and the people being laid off work, I get it. I understand. Times are tough. They are. But if you could find it in your heart or in your pocketbook or in your soul somewhere to send us, you know, something, anything, a nickel, a penny, everything counts, adds up. And we're desperately in need of, of funds to keep this church going. So I ask if you can, if you can, to please go to DallasULC.com and click on giving. Uh, there you can give us a donation uh, to help our ministry keep going. Okay. Like I said before, none of us take a, a paycheck here. We are all volunteers. And you can make a difference, too, by becoming a volunteer here with us. All you have to do is see me, or you can go to www.dallasulc.com and type, uh, uh, click on the, uh, I believe it says volunteer, or I think it says volunteer uh, page, uh, and check on that. And we have all of our listings of, of the positions we have open for volunteers. If you don't find something there you like, don't worry. we got plenty to do here. Come on in. We'll find something for you to do. Come on in. All right. You know, we pray every day here at Dallas, Dallas Universal Life Church. And if you have a prayer request for us, you can send us an email at pray at dallasulc.com. Pray at dallasulc.com. It's that simple. Prayer requests, pray at dallasulc.com. Also, if you want to dedicate a service to a loved one, live or dead, living or not, 
this is the place to do that as well. You can donate uh, for a small nominal donation to help cover the cost of the service. We will put their name in the bulletin. Well, you can do a small uh, video if it's feasible, and we'll announce them, of course, at the service. At the uh, mass, the service will be said in their in their honor. Okay. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, complaints. Very simple, folks. You got one of those? You need one of these. Feedback at dallasvlc.com. That's the email address you would uh, address those concerns with. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, complaints. Feedback at dallasvlc.com. Hey, did you know we had a podcast? A podcast. A podcast. You know that podcast? Oh, my. That's amazing. We do have a podcast, folks. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's just a little different. I say it again, again every week. I'm going to continue to say it probably the day I die. Uh, it's different listening to the podcast than it is watching it on YouTube or, or anywhere else or hearing it anywhere else. We do some different things on there, some fun stuff, and it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I catch different things when I listen to the podcast rather than watching it on YouTube. Maybe I'm too concentrated with the visual on YouTube and I'm not listening as well as it should be. So maybe you have the same problem. So check out our podcast. It's a lot of fun. You can check out our podcast by simply going to your favorite search provider and typing in your path with Bishop Mark. It's your path with Bishop Mark. Or you can always check us out on one of these fabulous providers, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Check it out, folks. Wash your hands. That's 20 seconds. That's how the minimum amount of time it takes to wash your hands to make it do something. If you're doing it any less than that, if you're going and out the door, you might as well not even do it because it's not doing anything. You're just wasting soap, wasting water, and not getting anything done. You're just spreading the germs on your hands. Please wash your hands. It's one of the most simple things we can do to stop this virus. Simply wash your hands. That's it. I don't know how many more, more simple I can make it. Save lives. Wash hands. How about that? All right. Let's rise for our dismissal.